my mum stole me some uh, porridge. Oh, Don't worry, my mum loves you anyway. <laughs> I love your mum. You know that. <laughs> um, are we still recording? We are, yeah. That's documented. I mean, I'm chat- I think Kurt has come back to you later. I'm just eating this porridge. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, really nice porridge, actually. It's got, you know, it's got fruit in it. And, it's uh, got, got some raisins yeah, so in it. So what was I talking about? So yeah, Joey. Yeah. All right. All right, Cal. How's it going, man? <laughs> yeah, it's going all right. Uh, so. I mean, if we if we hadn't been speaking for you know one hour before this, it would have it could have you know it, uh, it would have sounded like weird. we just we just started doing this. Yeah, but actually yeah. We <laughs> That's, uh, anyway, so Joe, what uh, what are you playing? Um, I'm playing Sleeping Dogs at the moment, Cal. Pretty. I've been putting quite a lot of hours actually. Um, I must be about halfway through it now, but I'm absolutely loving it. Um, mainly because it reminds me of Shenmue. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll probably get to know, that later, won't we? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably have a chat about that later. <laughs> I, I, I bet we'll have a chat about Shenmue later. Just, just have a feeling. Um, so yeah, like, uh, well, obviously Shenmue's pretty um, big on the scene at the moment because Yu Suzuki did a, a talk on it. Um, and it's sort of, it sort of got it fresh in everyone's mind again and got everyone talking about Shenmue 3 again. But yeah, like, uh, Sleeping Dogs, really, obviously the reason it reminds me of Shenmue is because the location, you know, it's just brilliant to have a open world game in Hong Kong and, and the world is created in so much detail and it looks so much atmosphere and the lighting and the, the sounds and the, the people walking around and it just really feels alive you know they've they've really done it well you know to the same for me to the same standard as the mother of all open world games gta when i'm playing sleeping dogs i don't feel like it's inferior in any way at all it's really it's a really high quality game and, and then you also just in terms of the gameplay you know it's got a really fluid battle system combat system and yeah, the story's kind of a bit, you know, 90s kind of tacky action Hong Kong movie kind of vibe to it. But in the game context, that worked. Yeah, and um, I think that's what they were going for, maybe, right? Just this. Yeah, yeah. You know, they uh, set it in Hong Kong, make it just the way like GTA is over the top for the West, mm. for America, that like this game is over the top Hong Kong action style gameplay. So. I think, it, yeah. like you said, it works overall. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It does work, and um, I've had the uh, without giving too much away. I've had the wedding mission. Oh yeah, that's yeah, so, that's a very good yeah. mission, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good mission. It's a good um, story, actually. Uh, me and you talked about this the other day. Like the other day, I was kind of, I was a bit earlier on. I was probably about five, ten missions since then. And the story's kind of, you know, I think halfway through the game, the story kind of moves on because you get, you start off with this undercover cop, right? Wei Shen. Yeah. And um, he kind of goes into this criminal underworld and he's trying to convince you. And you just think, oh, these criminals are arseholes. You know, they're just, they're really nasty pieces of work. You find out about Wei Shen's past as you go through the game. And then you're kind of like constantly questioning whether he's just really good at acting as an undercover 
an undercover cop who's really good at kind of playing this role as a criminal, or and then all you start to think like actually is he kind of getting attached to these criminals? Is he sympathising with them, or you know? And there's just and there's you get these little scenes throughout the game where he talks to his his police associate who's kind of really worried about his his mental state and says you know where you're getting way too into this criminal underworld and so that that whole kind of dynamic is actually getting more and more interesting as i as i play through the game yeah i remember it being very and yeah the story being really good like all the way to the end is just really Mm. good and um but what i remember about that game is like it was lots of lots of little parts done well so what i mean like for example like you already mentioned it the the fight in combat gameplay i guess was was really well done and then the driving parts like the driving mechanics are are really well done like it's really fun it's like a like a fun arcadey driving game and then you've got these fun kind of it's like a really fun beat them up and then it's a really good open world and then it's also like this kind of free roaming parkour game um so they just mashed these different gameplays together but did them really well and it was just like it was just a really fun like where gta has kind of maybe gone for like stylized realism uh and uh and what's the other one saints row has just gone the other way where it's just gone completely mental like the this game seemed to be just like about fun and action and you're never too far from doing something having a fight or having a race or uh, finding someone new. It was, um, they kind of found a really good balance with it, I thought. Absolutely, yeah. I, I kind of like the way it's, it feels slightly scaled down, especially compared to GTA V, which I've obviously came after Sleeping Dogs. But you don't, you know, so it's scaled down. It's kind of more focused. It's on a, it, The city is smaller. But it's, 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 it's really detailed. And as you say, yeah, you're never far away from you know, some kind of activity, you get a lot of side missions. And I love that you get a lot of little mini games as well, just just, just simple little things like whether that's a quick time event or um, whether that's, you know, when you're hacking the cameras. You have to do that oh, yeah, one. yeah. They, again, that's another, like, or... a little mini games, but they they were fun, right? They were still mm. pretty fun to do. So cause I remember staying, like, after I finished the game, definitely, like, staying in that, in the world, in that kind of game world for, for a while just mm. kind of going back and doing side missions and cleaning things up, things that I'd missed, um, just because mm. I was like, or redoing the kind of fight tournaments, um, because it was just it was just a nice kind of, it was a cool world to be in. Mm. Playing, so. I have a feeling that um, a bit later on in this podcast, you're going to ask me what my favourite game environment is. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I know that because we've already recorded it. But... Um, uh, sleeping Dogs, would, I mean, well, Shenmue is kind of, you know, heads and shoulders for me in terms of atmosphere and environment and, you know, really one of my favourite environments. I think Sleeping mm. Dogs is, you know, really up there now in terms of a, a living, breathing world, somewhere that feels alive. And there's, there's a lot of artistic style has gone into the, you know, it's, it's a very kind of stylized view of Hong Kong, you know, the neon lights and um, just the, and the way the wind, when it rains, you know, like the puddles on the ground and just, just little things like that. It's been very well crafted. Yeah, so, it's yeah, a, no, a really well made game. Moving on to like, to, to what I've been playing, but in a similar, like with a really good atmosphere was uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two yeah. Sons, which, which is more linear, definitely. It's not like an open world game. It's quite 
I don't know about any of its development, so I don't know if it's like an indie game or, or what, but kind of it's a lot smaller, can complete it in a couple of hours, but I, I got it because it looked really nice, and I'd heard good things, and I thought, oh, it looks like a really beautiful game, and I'd heard it's got like a really unique mechanic in that you there's two brothers, and you control each brother with one uh, stick on the controller. Um, but the story was really surprised well, it really surprised me in how adult it was and mature and uh just was really good and by the end i was i was kind of like oh, just had a real like wow reaction to it it was like that was a really good uh it was like a really condensed two hours three hours uh and just really surprised me kept surprising me and uh and just kind of how the twists and how adult it was and and yeah, it's good that we've got that choice now to, um, <clears throat> a few years ago, you were, you could only play, you know, if you wanted a good story, so your only choice was to play a console-based or a PC-based story game that would take you, you know, 10, 15 hours probably, you know, PlayStation 2, I'm talking in PlayStation 2 or Xbox terms. But now there's this whole new culture of indie games and um, more condensed, shorter games. And it's great that some of these games are you know, tackling mature themes or have, you know, the, the, the purpose is to have, you know, just, just, just take you through a really good story for a couple of hours. It's sort of in the same sort of um, time scale as, as a movie. Yeah. And it's nice, you know. Because I think, you know, in all the news, they often talk about how You've, you've either got these indie games or AAA and there's no middle. Uh, that's yeah. kind of fallen out. And I was kind of worried, like, well, I don't... You know, I like these AAA visuals in, in the games yeah. as well, but yeah. now the these indie games are starting to come through. I'm finding that they're the ones that... They've got no big studio to stop them maybe telling a certain story, um, you know, something more adult or strange yeah. or... So, so far, I think it's a really cool time. To, to yeah. like be into games, it is because we've hit. I mean, we've hit what the film industry must have hit, like you know, fifty, sixty years ago or something. You know, when independent film. I, I really don't know actually much about the history of film, but um, at some point in the history of film, independent filmmakers or, or students started making films, and you know, they started getting recognition. The similar kind of things happening with games now. We're kind of. I mean, we've already gone past the beginning this has been going on for a few years now but um indie games have really taken off and it's nice that you know that they're not i mean yeah like five years ago you say indie game you just think of probably some real sort of low-tech platformer now you've got yeah things like this this brothers game or mm -hmm. um you know much more ambitious and much more kind of interesting titles yeah and i don't i don't think you're missing out if you know, if it says describes itself as indie anymore, like you're yeah. not, you know, they're all sometimes on par with with these much bigger games. I'm just going to stop a second because the odd spoon clangor from your, from your <laughs> delicious porridge. That's all right. That's just real. That will just show. That's what this podcast up. is all about. Just real life. Reality. Yeah, it's all about reality. People eat porridge. Nothing well, ashamed of. Well, it just goes. It just shows to our listeners that um, we're just from the streets, you know. We're just from a normal street. We eat porridge, all right. We're just like you. Street porridge. Not, you know, we're not We're not like high-flying. Yeah, we can artists. talk to the people, you know, yeah. on their level. 
I mean, we are high flying. I mean, I'm fucking rolling with money, you know. <laughs> Did you buy that porridge with your like vast amounts of money? It's got, I've got a golden spoon. Oh fuck! And I'm being fed it my porridge by um, a servant, <laughs> slave. <laughs> Is it a gibbon? <laughs> An animal slave has been trained. Are you recording? Yeah. So what? What I was gonna ask you anyway was, what are your top three game atmospheres or, or game environments that you play? So, for example, like uh, I would agree, my probably number one would be Shenmue, just walking around, going to the Combini, and I mean we've talked about this. If anyone is listening, we bought one in Japan. Do you remember? <laughs> And we bought it in Japanese. We bought the Shenmue game in Japanese, and we didn't even understand we, what was going on. But we knew the game mm. so much, we could like progress through the game. Because mm. uh, I played it about probably three or four times before we we went to Japan together. And but that and game we that definitely Shenmue influenced and, me to kind of like come to Japan and uh, and kind of experience Japan. And and I guess number two would be uh, for me Red Dead Redemption. If you think about it, it was just there was just huge areas of desert, and they kind of somehow filled it with atmosphere and and animals and sunsets. And after like I would spend so much time not doing any missions, just walking around and and hunting. And then once the game ended, I spent so much time just doing nothing in that game, just kind of taking in the atmosphere. Well, it's an in- it's an interesting point because uh like a massive part of the gameplay now with a lot of those games has become just wandering around and just immersing yourself in that environment and uh i think a lot of a lot of games underestimate how important that is and when you get a game that doesn't successfully like red dead or you know shemmy or skyrim or something it's kind of taken for granted a lot of different factors contribute to making that experience you know, sound effects, music. I mean, Shenmue, for me, Shenmue, the music is so evocative. Like, you know, if I hear that music now, I'm just transported back to that that street in, you know, Dona in Shenmue. But also the fact that the gameplay incorporated a lot of extra activities rather than just going along with the story. So you've got in Shenmue just, just the ability to talk to everybody in the environment um, is a massive thing. It's not necessarily realistic, right? Like the graphics, obviously they probably look dated now, but they're not realistic. They're kind of stylized, but it works and it, it helps kind of create this atmosphere that's still, like obviously you've been to Japan and I live here now, so you, it does represent realistically a part of Japan, but it's like a stylized part. And uh, Well, the other great thing about Shenmue was that it was set in the 80s. It's so nostalgic, the fact that it, it I mean, it's, it's 14 years old now, but the fact that it was set 10, 15 years before it was even made, um, that just kind of adds to the sense of nostalgia, especially being, I think, brought up in sort of early 90s and stuff as well. So there's like an incredible sense of nostalgia in Shenmue. And it was and so think, pioneering yeah. in the, like, because the Dreambox was connected, Dreamcast, sorry. Was connected to the uh, to the internet. And That's right. Yeah. So it would it would find out if you were playing it, for example, today, two thousand fourteen. It would find out what the weather was like during that game, the day in the game, 
Wow. So like That's March, amazing. it would find out what the weather was like March sixteenth, nineteen eighty four, or something. Mm-hmm. From you know, obviously it would logged onto some website and linked to some website, and that is the weather that would be in the game. So if it was raining mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty three, March sixteenth, it would be raining in the game. It was so. It was just so detailed. Like I can't stress enough how amazed. I, it's, it's a shame because I remember they ported it onto Xbox, the second one. Yeah. And I remember it didn't get very good. It didn't get great reviews. I remember reading about it and it got, and they said, oh, this thing's kind of aged, doesn't really age very well. And this was like in the mid 2000s. And um, I was so disappointed by that because, from my point of view, the game was so ahead of its time. It was so detailed. I mean, it was clunky in certain. In, in areas, but for me, it couldn't have been more perfect. The environments are relatively small by today's standards, and it is like an open world game. But the fact that you can pretty much enter nearly every building in Dubuita and in the harbour and stuff, and then also the fact that every single character has been given a name, because on the uh, passport disc, on the extra disc, every character was given a name. And, and, and an occupation, and they've all got a house. So they all come out of their houses in the morning, and they all go back to those houses after work. They all go about their daily routine. So for me, it's still, even today, it's got the strongest sense of like a living, breathing world. Um, even by like modern Xbox 360 standards, rarely games kind of... I mean, obviously, there are much larger scales, so you couldn't give every single character in Grand Theft Auto V a... Um, an occupation and a name, and you know, it'd be impossible. But um, yeah, I just kind of loved the way it was. It was so focused. And it was so detailed. Just that little world. But what you're saying there, like that's like uh, Watchdogs. So I was reading an article about why this game is next generation, and it <laughs> is kind of what you just said. Is because part of it was that each character has has a job and a salary. Um, so you know, you can. You can hack every character's phone, or if you want to be play as the good guy, you can find these CEOs of big companies and kind of follow them to the ATM and then hack their ATM because they've got all the money. Be like a Robin Hood character, or you, you know, you might be walking around the street. One of the big things they said is you might, whereas in GTA you might just shoot someone because you think they're a bad guy. You know, you might just shoot someone indiscriminately. But whereas in Watch Dogs, it pops, their profile would pop up saying, you know, they said, for example, newlywed. Uh, So even though they've done a bad thing, something might pop up and you think, oh, this person has a profile on a life and a family. And maybe that that, sounds cool. Yeah, that would change your mind about it. So, yeah, even though they're they're hailing this as, uh, like you said, uh, uh, a next gen. Uh, Shen Yu kind of has already done that in a way, you know. It's, it it did it on a on a really probably a much smaller scale, course, but um, yeah. it's still in the top ten, I think, of the most money ever spent on a video game. Mm. I think Shen Yu. I'm pretty sure it's still well, up then. there. At the time, it was the most expensive video game ever made, um, and that's why Shen Yu Three was never made because they just lost money on it. I think, and quite possibly um, introduced another thing, which is uh, quick time events. I don't know if it is yeah. Used, but... Definitely, that's the first game I can remember with quick time events. You can still um, play Shenmue today. And in fact, like probably last week or two weeks ago, I, I met someone that was playing Shenmue for the first time. They went oh, out wow. They went out and bought a Dreamcast and they bought Shenmue and 
and uh, and we were just talking like how like he hadn't got very far. He hadn't got the forklift job or anything. And and I was like, is it dated? Do you do you feel like you're playing an older game? And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm just I'm so invested in it, and uh, he's just yeah, he's loving it. And it's, because it's so it's so well made, and it's so uh, it's also kind of a good example of where even though the voices are kind of weird and. It's so stylish. Like if you if you play it, the music, the sounds, the the three D models, the texture art, the environments, the animations, like birds flying and 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 bikes driving past, the lighting, the fact that it you know the fact that it's one of the first games to have a day to night cycle, and it was all done so delicately and so well. To me, in that way, that only Japanese games, you know, the Japanese games, especially in during that era and PS2, I always felt like they had a, a certain style to them that Western games could never really um, emulate, even though you know there's a lot of brilliant Western games out there that, that really stand up against Japanese games. I just feel like in terms of the art style, the look of the game, the sound of the game, you know, it's, it's not only that you could go anywhere, you could talk to anyone, it's just something about the way all those elements gel together with Shenmue. And also the fact that it, it definitely had a sort of spiritual, cerebral, slow-paced feel to it, which, which set it apart from nearly every other game at the time. You look at like a world like GTA V, which is probably the most modern open-world open game at the moment. And it has got an atmosphere, and it is really impressive, but I still don't think it's got anything on Shenmue. It's really small. You could fit it in probably 100, probably within the airport of GTA V. But it has so much character, and, and just, like you said, sound effects, the convening music, all these things. There are characters I can still remember. There are voices that I can still remember. Yeah. The, the kind of clicking of Ryu's garden uh, bamboo kind of thing i can still remember that like the sound of that and um there aren't many games where you can just say oh yeah i, I just went out fed my cat you could call um, that you could call nozomi yeah me and you have known each other obviously for a few years and we got to know each other through Shenmue and mm, um, yeah yeah, know, yeah that's true love of it and we've never i don't think we've ever really talked about the story we've always talked about the atmosphere. It's never been about, oh, do you remember that twist or that character? Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been uh, that that shop or that that music or that you know that character that was walking around. So, I think we should do a um, a Shenmue podcast, uh, even though we've kind of just done it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should do one, hours. maybe more in detail. Maybe we should play it again because there is still, you know, that's the other thing about Shenmue. It's one of the it's one of the few games that still has, especially since it was unfinished, it has a huge fan base, like a huge cult fan base, um, and it's still very, very strong. So, Well, I read somewhere that uh, Sony have a list of kind of games that they want to bring to the Vita from, right. from fans, and up the uh. top, in the top three, is Shenmue that they're seriously thinking about. Uh, that sounds. I do hope it's not just a, a a handheld thing, though. Well, I mean, the thing with the the Vita is like I personally would love uh, a Shenmue on on Vita because I you know I ride a train to work and uh, you know there, I have commutes and stuff. So to just 
I probably wouldn't go through the game, uh, through the story, but I would, for my 30, 40 minute commute, I would sit on the train and I would go through this world. And But then you've also got PlayStation TV. At the moment it's only released in Japan, but you connect it to your TV via HDMI and you can stream your Vita onto your TV. So you could, you know, be playing your Vita on the, on the train, get home, boom, stream it straight to your TV and continue. Yeah. Um, and have it in, you know, just, uh, you know, full TV, HD quality. I read an interesting article from a Shenmue fan that said that um, Shenmue 3 should never be made because the fact that it hasn't been made and the fact that it's built up this, such a kind of need for it and such a want for it from its fans has made it so, so, so special and so kind of immortal. People will just want it forever, whereas if they made a third game and it didn't, you know, it wasn't up to scratch, or it didn't appeal to people on the same levels as the previous games. It could kind of sour the whole legacy of the game. I mean, um, yeah, it was I mean, quite an interesting you... article. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'd love to see a Shenmue three, and I really want to know what happens. You know, what, I would what love the hell is, does he find his dad? But... You know, the guy does he find the guy who killed his dad? I would love a Shenmue three, but I would love it on the Dreamcast. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I would love it just exactly in exactly the same graphics. Yeah, I mean, exactly if they the same released scale, it yeah. now and they released it with like these kind of next gen graphics. I don't know if it would feel the same. Um, that's what I mean. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, exactly. So I think the time has passed, and if they were to release it, release it on Steam with Dreamcast graphics, and and I'd be there. I'd buy it, but uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. So, I'm not so sure now. I'd rather they. For me, I'd rather they re-release the original exactly as it was, but on a on an existing platform. There's supposed there was talk a little while ago of um, HD remake of the first two that was coming to Xbox Live or PlayStation Network, but I, I didn't hear anything about it since. You see, there's a lot of rumours as well. That's the trouble with, Shen, with the Shenmue fan base is that uh, people love to start rumours about it to try and get people buzzing about it, but, but they, they end up in nothing more than rumours, you know. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating. I just think there's obviously this fan base that gets like games made or imported from Japan, and I think Shenmue is well overdue. And um, maybe it's just a licensing thing. I don't know, but I just feel like it would be uh, it would sell really well, or, or you know, there's definitely there's people that would definitely buy it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, though. I suppose the um... It, it possibly wouldn't sell as well as it would cost to make it. You know, if they wanted, if, if Yu Suzuki was going to get involved in it again and was going to make it to the same standard as the uh, the old Shenmue's, even though it looks like it's got a, a massive fan base, I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's a huge fan base or whether it's a small fan base that that shouts very loud, you know, about it. And um, actually, whether financially, maybe that is the reason it's never been made because. It isn't financially viable. I don't know. I don't know how many people have sort of got on board the Shenmue since it's been made. Probably a lot. But um, anyway, yeah, we would like to see it made. I think well, I can't say I anything because I've never, I've never done anything about it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just waiting there for it to be released. But it would be good. Yeah. Be good. Uh, but yeah, so uh, now actually, the game I'm playing now is Beyond uh, Two Souls. Oh man, I really want to play that game. I really want to play that game. Fuck it, like oh yeah, man, that that game looks good. Like that's a good looking game. It's like just so really so realistic. 
Um, really, really beautiful. But it's basically it's just an interactive movie. It's just if you want to watch a movie and then like just now and again push a button Press up button. or down or <laughs> yeah. or like you know you get a you bit of control now and again. You but, could just watch a movie and just press buttons on your controller, couldn't you? Yeah, just go to the cinema with like a dual shock and uh, with a controller and just just push it up and down now and again, and you'll get the same <laughs> experience. Um, oh no, that can't be true. It's got to be more to it than that. There is, there is, there is more, but not much. It definitely hasn't got that um, heavy rain. There's much freedom to it. To oh really? I mean, heavy rain was a bit odd. Anyway, right? Like it was kind of had that, uh, it was going in that direction. But this is, uh, yeah, it's taking it to another level. I always say it's, it's like it's an interactive drama or movie. That, so, uh, how far are you through it? I've played it um, maybe three hours. And I feel, I don't know, but I feel like I'm quite, quite a way through it. I reckon maybe as a guess. Coming up to halfway, maybe. Um, but it's good, you know. The story is good. Like I'm, I'm happy to just kind of sit there and, and when I have control, I'll, I'll do that and uh, and press the old button. I'm, yeah, it's fine. Because how is um, how is how is Willem Dafoe in it? Yeah, he's uh, he's alright. Everyone's alright. Like the acting is really like I guess that should be mentioned in that it probably is that interesting because the acting is that good. He's all right in it, and um, you know the the animation is really good. So when you're watching it, you're not necessarily thinking it's a game. You know, you could you can kind of get into it like you would perhaps a movie or something. So, so are there areas where you can control the character, or is it literally just quick time events with cinematics? There are, yeah, there are. So um, there's lots of basically like you control the character. I like you can walk from A to B go through the door and pick up a card that's press up and then it gets kind of like a bit more actiony after a couple of hours but even then you're kind of like just pressing up when it prompts you and climbing you know you press r2 then l2 then r2 and then i've got to one kind of section because you know the story is like she's connected to a ghost or a, or a spirit or something paranormal yeah, it's like a paranormal Big yeah, so there's a part where she's trapped and you, it's kind of more open and you can take control of the ghost and you can take people over and and kind of use, you know, they've got weapons, so you can use their weapons against them and you like, you can set up like a little trap or something, so yeah, it's kind of getting more open a, a, a bit, but um, not that much, to be honest, not huge. I don't know, it really, um, it really appeals to me, I mean I only ever really played Fahrenheit. Did you ever play that game? No, I didn't. It was the second, I think, the second Quantic Dream game, the, the one that came before Heavy Rain. And I, lo I really loved that game. I just thought it was incredible, just you know, a brilliant sense of atmosphere. Had a, had a kind of cinematic feel, but it balanced it well with puzzle solving and sort of um, the premise of the game was that you're a guy that just you get possessed. You're in a you're in the toilet of a of a uh, diner and you kind of get possessed and you commit a murder, and then you kind of wake up from being possessed. And you realise what you've done, and there's like a policeman in the diner, 
And it's excellent because you get this kind of 24 style different sort of multiple camera shots on the screen at the same time. So in the first level, you're like, oh, fuck, what have I done? And you're, you're like trying to hide this body. You're like, oh my God, I've got to, you know, so you're like cleaning up the blood and stuff. And there's this, and then the other camera shot on the screen is a, a policeman walking to the toilets. Uh, and um, yeah, and you've good. got to do it, you've got to do it quick enough. And that, like, when that came out, it's like 10 years ago now or something, um, that was just mind blowing. It really was a fantastic game. And so it, it, just, it, it was just quality all the way through. And well, I think. Kind of, I think you could take this game, like, I think personally you'd like this Beyond game, but mm. I think I can see why people maybe can take it two ways. Either mm. just feeling like they're so restricted in what they can do and you're basically just tapping a button now and again. Mm. Or, you know, there's enough room, I guess, in the game industry to do new things. And, and this is definitely something different. And it's, there's a lot of, you know, there's atmosphere and detail and you can. Maybe for you, you'd appreciate what went into it, how it was made, and I guess it's doing some new things. If you're into games and, you know, it's not just Call of Duty or, or you know, Halo or Uncharted, you want to try these different things, then it's worth trying out. Um, okay, well, what else? Well, my batteries are about to go, so I guess we okay. should uh, perhaps... Is that you your, wanna... your metaphorical... Energy batteries, human <laughs> batteries, or is that actual batteries? <laughs> no, those are my literal batteries in the computer. Okay. So I guess it's a good place to end. Yeah. So do you want to make your your noise, your finishing noise? Ding. <laughs>